Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast called Footnotes. My name is Nav Chatwell, and I'm a final year student at the University of Toronto. I study history, and that's actually the reason I'm recording this episode today. This is for my final project for one of my history classes. So today's topic will be the U.S.-Canada involvement in the Korean War. We're going to be discussing Canada's attitudes towards constraint and their hesitance in trusting the U.S. I've used a variety of sources, such as the Canadian Encyclopedia, as well as several journal articles about the Korean War and Canadian-American relations. So let's just dive right in. So Canada and the United States have had a long-standing alliance that allows them to trade freely and support one another in times of need. After the Second World War, the next greatest threat to Western civilization was the infiltration of Soviet communism. This was totally threatening American democratic values, and America was determined to shut down communist expansions, which eventually led to a long, intense Cold War between the West, the Soviets, and their allies like China and North Korea. On June 25, 1950, North Korea attacked South Korea along the 30th parallel that divided them. This was the start of the Korean War. The UN Security Council voted 9-0 to that this was a blatant breach of peace. This vote was actually pretty easy to achieve, as the Soviets had just left a few months prior, um, had just left the Security Council a few months prior because the UN refused to give a seat to Communist China at the time. The UN wanted the the USSR to join the Security Council so they could be held accountable, but that obviously didn't last very long. So the UN force included 16 countries, including Canada. Canada sent approximately 26,000 troops to Korea. Lester B. Pearson was the Canadian external affairs minister at the time and first thought that the North Korean invasion was merely a civil war. He was actually very surprised by the U.S. decision to interfere. It is important to note that Pearson was very well respected in the global diplomatic community. His opinions had an immense influence on government policy. On June 28th, a few, just a few days after the war broke out, Pearson addressed the Canadian Parliament and shared his decision to support the U.S. Pearson, although was not happy about the U.N. involvement, he knew that it would have been a lot worse if the U.N. didn't intervene. He said, and I quote, If that interest in peace is risked in Korea or any other place, it becomes a matter of immediate concern to Canadian people. It is in the interest of all free and peaceful peoples that the collective police action of the United Nations should succeed. Pearson's decision was well supported throughout all the parties as the resisting communis- as resisting communism was in everyone's best interest. Pearson was also an advocate for the UN Security Council, and this influenced his decision. This is how Canada and the US entered the Korean War, and it was an attempt to protect democracy as well as peace, since people still had not recovered from the last world war. So a lot of new research has come up since the National Archives of Canada declassified the documents in the Foreign Relations of the United States series. America dominated the decision-making in regard to the Korean War, even though it was fought under the advisement and name of the United Nations. In fact, the UN is heavily influenced by the US. Louis St. Laurent was the Canadian Prime Minister during the Cold War and during the Korean War. 
who took Pearson's recommendations very seriously. Apparently, the Canadian cabinet was not interested in foreign affairs and blindly followed Pearson's expertise. So, to be fair, there are a lot of debates over Canada's position on the Korean War. Some historians argue that Canada and the U.S. shared common interests in the Cold War and protecting the Western democracy, and Canada would not constrain any American efforts in Korea. Others say that the two nations had competing ideologies regarding Cold War Asia, and Ottawa was doing everything they could to practice constraint. So I want to take about like a middle ground approach on these two arguments. Um, most articles I read about the subject mentioned famous Canadian political scientist and professor Dennis Stairs, and his publication, The Dem- Diplomacy of Constraint, Canada, the Korean War, and the United States. His main argument was that Ottawa was concerned that America might get stuck in a possible nuclear war in Asia and, o- and overlooked the Soviet encroachment upon Europe and other parts of the world, which would still threaten democracy. And this thesis actually is heavily debated by historians. Greg Gonaghy, one of the lead historians of Global Affairs Canada, wrote an article about Stairs' thesis in which he said Stairs' critics failed to acknowledge Ottawa's careful and calibrated diplomacy. One method of constraint that Ottawa participated in was focusing on India as a new democratic power in Asia. India had just received independence from the British. Um, India and Pakistan had just partitioned. India was on its way to creating a democratic nation. And Canada wanted to keep tabs on American activity to ensure nothing was happening without their knowledge. And since since Canada was often overlooked in international decision-making because of its size, Ottawa wanted to take matters into their own hands. Tensions between Ottawa and Washington actually really escalated when President Truman announced that Washington would not require UN authorization to initiate an atomic attack. Canada was more than willing to step in with their diplomatic influence to stop the Americans from taking steps towards atomic warfare as they considered it unnecessary. And Canada is a peacemaking nation and did not want to participate in another bloody war across the world. Ottawa even wrote to Washington sharing their discontent for President Truman's comments. Fortunately, Congress blocked any such actions and made sure that the government would be seeking another country's approval before launching any atomic weapons. These actions by Ottawa prove Stairs' thesis about Canadian efforts of constraint. Stairs also suggested the Canadian government did not that the Canadian government did not have many options because their relationship with the US was their main priority. Working through multilateral organizations such as the UN would allow them to influence foreign policy in a more effective manner. Canada wanted to support the UN, especially since Pearson was such an advocate. But they also wanted to protect their interests, and they did so by showing discontent where necessary, as well as staying completely informed. So, three years after the war broke out, all participants of the war agreed to an armistice. Canadian troops continued to serve for several years following the armistice to help reconstruct and monitor the conditions. So overall, we've learned that the U.S. was willing to do the most they possibly could to restrict the spread of communism. And this was also something Canada was interested in, but not at the cost of another major war. Canada had 
lost a lot of their people in the uh, past two world wars and they just weren't willing to make that that sacrifice again. This topic is quite important in the larger context of Canadian-American relations because Canada had to tread lightly, however intelligently, to protect themselves as well as prevent atomic warfare. The Korean War was one of the first making, marking points of the Cold War, which lasted almost the entire second half of the 20th century. In a larger historical context, this war represented the alliance between Ottawa and Washington. Canada had no real choice but to support the U.S. and work closely with the U.N., but they did not stand back when they disagreed with decisions. This showed that the U.S. that Canada wasn't going to just let them get away with anything, and I think this really allowed for a better relationship between the neighboring nations because now they could both freely negotiate future policies and international affairs, and I think Regardless of all the bloodshed and all the lives lost, the Korean War taught both of these countries that it's not going to be easy to protect their ideologies and it's not going to be easy to to defend against Russia and their political ideologies. Overall, I think the, that Canada did the most they could in constraining the U.S. and protecting their own ideologies and their own interests first. And I think Stairs, Dennis Stairs, did a really incredible job at presenting that thesis in the most effective way possible. And his work is still being debated all over. And historians are still discussing how important his work was. So that's all I have for you today, friends. I hope you've learned something new about the Canadian point of view regarding the Korean War. And I'll talk to you on the next episode of Footnotes. Thanks for joining me.